friends, welcome to Wrestle Buddies Game Spots Wrestling Podcast about friendship, wrestling, and wrestling with friendship. I am your number one Wrestle Buddy, Man Alfred. You can't see it, but my hands going up and down with the vibrato. And with me is my number two Wrestle Buddy, Chris Hayner. How are you, Chris? Matt, we gotta figure this out. Now you're the number one Wrestle Buddy, and I'm your number two. <laughs> What's going on? Chris, it's because my number one wrestle buddy is on the show today. Wow, but you, why are you <laughs> the number one wrestle buddy? What's going on? You just got bumped for the couch. I don't Ouch. know what that means. It's okay though, because yes, today, returning champion, if you will, yes. uh, Keisha Hatchet is here. Our favorite, like my favorite wrestle buddy. Like, don't tell Matt. Like, Matt, plug your ears real quick. Yeah, plug it Oh, you're so much better than that. And we're going to talk about such fun stuff. Okay, Matt, you can unplug your ears. <laughs> Matt, oh, we were no, just talking about there. how great you are. Are you there? God, no, can his, you hear me? His hey, can I unplug my ears yet? Because like this is an audio bit and I can't hear yes, you. I'm, I'm nodding my head. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. There, I can see you. Okay. Perfect. Good. good perfect. Good. What were you guys talking about? Oh, uh, how great you are. So here's what we got going on on the show today. Uh, coming up later, Matt, you and I spoke with AEW. That's All Elite Wrestling, uh, for those who do not watch television. AEW star Sonny Kiss last week. Uh, Sonny rules. Uh, AEW approached us and said, who do you want to talk to? And we said Sonny Kiss. And they <laughs> like put it together. <laughs> I, I like that both you and I, you didn't think I was crazy for like, we have no. a list like AEW. You can pick whoever you want and as many people as you want. And I'm like, Sunny Kiss. And that was the end of my conversation. Yeah, we just wanted Sunny Kiss and we got Sunny Kiss. And you're going to hear that later. But there's a reason Keisha is here. Keisha is not only a wrestle buddy. She is also I'm unemployed. Of, oh. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> are we getting into that? We, oh, wait, we, no. We, <laughs> Uh, Sorry, that came into my head. <laughs> uh, well, we we can talk we can talk about that because Keisha is also one of the most knowledgeable television people I know, and has a serious serious love for the best TV, which I of course mean uh, TGIF shows from the late '90s and early aughts. Uh, so we're going to be talking about pro wrestlers on the Great Boy Meets World. Yes, I'm excited because I have every, well, I have every single Boy Meets World episode memorized, but specifically the pro wrestler ones really stand out in my mind. Mm -hmm. So this is great. It's, honestly, first of all, that, that show went on for so long. Um, too, too long? Not long enough, okay? Not long enough. I needed more Sean and Angela. I needed that reunion yes. to happen. So no, not long enough. Okay. I, I will agree with you on the Sean and Angela front. I will not agree with you that the show should have gone on longer. Give them a spinoff. Send them to California or something. It'll be great. <laughs> Let's do okay. some real some real talk right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Most important question when it comes to Boy Meets World. I'm going to yes. you first, Keisha. What is the best theme song from the series? <sighs> oh, wow. Okay. I got to go the college years. I just. That, when this Boy Meets, boy meets World. Boy Meets World. 
Coming up on what? Oh God! Traveling <laughs> down this road, this road that we call, we call life. life is what we're doing. Is getting on our friends who will always and stand by me. And they dump the bucket me. of water from the like they're up they're up in the rafters dumping the water. Hope we don't get sued. I love that. <laughs> we're, we're not going to get sued, Matt. We're going to get sued. <laughs> we're not going to get sued. Well, then Maybe cut out me singing, sued. okay? No, cut out. No, no, no. It is important. Uh, so that, that that's I'm, I, I was going to give you my answer, but I haven't been asked, so I'm so sorry. Chris, can you can you give me your answer to the age old question of what's the best theme song of Boy Meets World? Um, so I have rewatched Boy Meets World in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think they're all great. The first season one is so weird because it's just it's it's this weird like synthy thing. Ah, oh, none of it makes sense. But I I like the one where I think it's their first season in like junior high. When it becomes like this sort of like just basement rock song where they're in Eric's car. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that one. That's a really good about? one. Yeah. The sur- like the very, very surf rock. It's like almost like a surf rock song, but it's not. It's as if they went to like they had this 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 CD library of generic music. They're like, I don't know. Pick the one that says beach in the title. And that was it. But I love it. Matt, I, um, Matt, Matt, yeah. what is your favorite Boy Meets World song? I'm so sorry. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the one that you picked. Oh. Uh, I, I also, but I love the first season, like, trying so hard to be that kind of 90s, like, memorable theme song. But it's not at all. It's just kind of a synth poppy weirdness. I like the part where it goes wah 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 and like Corey's dancing in front of Mr. Feeney. It looks so weird. <laughs> I like the show. Boom boom boom. Like I like that part. <laughs> Did you uh, know the, the <laughs> None of this is what we came here to talk about. I think it is. This is, is what it? the people wanted, so we're giving it. We oh, all well, talk Marilyn Ward, is- guys. this is boy meets world buddies so you're not wrong uh we're we are here to talk about there are four episodes within this series where Mm -hmm. there are uh wrestlers on the screen and specifically uh, i believe specifically at the time wwf slash wwe contracted they were well at the time it was all wwf correct so let me let's take you back to season two, which has the worst theme song, and that's where it's um monochromatic, weird synth. It's it's the transition between synth pop and the surfer song. Uh, it is it's awful. Mm-hmm. This is the episode. It's called the Thrilla and Filla. I don't get it. Well, there was the Thrilla in Manila, Manila. with mm-hmm. with Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay. Uh, but this is in Phila. Right. What's I don't get it. Philadelphia. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so actually, this Do you is. you have an I alternate was... title for this episode, Chris? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Vader's will... here. No, we got, we'll, we'll come up with the title at the end, uh, at the end of this little tiny portion. Um, I'll just give you a brief overview of what happens. Corey joins the wrestling team. He becomes a jock and uh, he's got to defend his spot on the wrestling team against Joey the rat. 
He's uh, the most spindly little guy on the planet who joins the wrestling <laughs> Who's team. Like a, he does like mo- soundtracks for movies now. I looked him up. Good for you. Wow. Wait, Corey? what movies? I don't have that off. I don't have it up anymore. Wait, wait. No, who, who makes soundtracks for movies? Joey Corey the Rat. Joey, Joey the Rat from Rilo Kylie? What's Rilo Kylie? He was in a band called Rilo Kylie oh, that yeah, was yeah, very yeah, popular yeah, yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, okay. Whew. What's Rilo Kylie? I apologize. Anyway, Corey beats Joey the Rat, but then Joey says they're going to have a another match at the gymnasium at the school after hours, no Ooh. holds barred, Tiny Zeus Lister style. Ooh. And Joey brings his managers, uh, Frankie the Enforcer, and Frankie's father, this is the first introduction of Frankie's father, uh, Vader Leon White, who is yep. Frankie the Enforcer Sr. Uh, Frankie Stacchino is their last name. Thank you. Uh Vader barks a lot because that was his thing. Uh, The episode pretty much ends with Eric getting lifted over Vader's head. Uh, (laughs) Which is going to happen a few times. The key to so much of wrestling on Boy Meets World is that Eric gets the crap kicked out of him. (laughs) (laughs) Also, guys, um, you remember Griff, right? The cool guy in the junior high or high school. Okay, I see the way you have this written, Matt, and I have so many I did, things to say. Here's the thing. I didn't know it was Adam Scott until today. Wow, that's shocking. But also, he Griff looks like Adam cool. Scott, though. He, yeah, he look, Yeah, Adam Scott hasn't aged a day. No, he hasn't he changed. Isn't. He His looks exactly changed. the same. He has a little bit longer hair, and he wears like a beige trench coat, I think. Because he's, you know, he's, he's, he, he's the bully that replaced Harley. Harley went away for a while, and the new bully who then commanded Frankie and Joey the Rat was Griff. But he wasn't Uh, a bully. He was a cool guy. No, he's not cool, Matt. He is a bully. He's not a good guy. He brought a a masseuse to class to get a massage during class. That's because his brand of bully was more kind of con man than it was uh, brutality. Oh. Uh, Later, uh, Keisha, as I'm sure you would remember... Uh, Harley came back and we got the epic, not epic at all, Griff versus Harley showdown, which just resulted in all of them being like, mm, okay, and they all walked away. <laughs> yeah, very anticlimactic, but cool story, bro. <laughs> was I the only one that didn't realize that Adam Scott was Griff? Like, you are. Now? You literally are. <laughs> oh, boy. Where you been, bro? I not watching the, this is like my blind spot season or like season two is kind of my blind spot season. I Matt, always just started know, at three did, when I re- started rewatching it. Matt, did you know that Adam Scott was also on a television show called parks and recreation? I, um, have only uh, watched part of season one of that show. <laughs> I hope I, I can't, I hope. What about the good I, place? Did you know he was in that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's a, he's a Satan. He's a demon. He's a Satan. A Satan. I've watched The Good Place so many times. Hey, Not Matt, a- have you seen Have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine Part Two? Yeah, he plays Adam, a Satan. Adam Scott's in that. He plays young John Cusack or something. No, he's like John Cusack's kid, isn't he? Is he John? C- I don't know. I don't they go remember. Over the future. I saw that movie at the at the. I went to the. I had to do the junket for that movie, and I was like, "This is terrible." It's a bad movie. <laughs> If you're just tuning in, this is the Adam Scott uh, filmography hour. Yeah, Adam Scott buddies. Let's jump ahead to season three where Griff is gone. Um, So, Joey, this is the episode. uh, It's called New Friends and Old. Mm. 
Uh, so Joey the Red has been suspended. Griff is already gone. And Frankie, he's looking for some new friends. Uh, so Corey and uh, Sean take up that challenge of being his friend. But using using Frankie for nefarious purposes, he's an enforcer. He's known as a bully. They take advantage of him because Corey's a monster. And uh, it's, tr- it's true. It's <laughs> very true. If you walk away... From this episode of Wrestle Buddies with, with anything, it's that you need to know Corey Matthews is terrible. Yes. He's terrible. Um, so in the opening credits, uh, or not opening credits, the opening scene, uh, Frankie is in Mr. Feeney's office with his dad, Vader, and uh, Frankie's about to be suspended. And Vader's like, oh, I'll make sure that he doesn't do things again and be in trouble. Arf, arf, arf. And... <laughs> That's the bark he does. Uh, oh. and, and that's the last time we see Vader for most of the episode until the closing credits. After Sean and Corey both realize that like they can be Frankie's friend and not take advantage of him like monsters, Corey. Uh, at the end, Vader busts into the Matthews household and decides to pick up Eric over his head uh, in full Vader outfit with a uh, championship around his waist. And yeah, uh, that's it. I don't was Vader champion at the time. I don't I feel like he was not. They keep saying like he's 11 time champion. I'm like, mm, not in mm. WWF. <laughs> Maybe if you add them all together from like Japan. Like New Japan. <laughs> yeah. There was some flubbing of the uh, uh, fluffing of the resume there. For Maybe sure. Like a chi- Maybe he won like a chili cook off or something. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a belt for that, right? If yeah, you get a, yeah. a championship's a championship. That's right. I had YouTube sent me a Cobra Kai trophy. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm a karate champion. Oh. I'm a one time champion. Oh, uh, if we're bragging about champions, yes, championships, please. I am a two time national cheerleading champion. Thank you. And good night. Are you really? Yes. Wow. We won US. Our team won US Open 2005, 2006. We won overall Grand Slam champions. What? 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 How did I not know this? <laughs> of all the things to not know about you, Keisha, you're a grand champion cheerleader. Did you I have a talk specialty? about my past, Chris? Um, Did you have I like, was, a specialty? Yes, I was a base, um, which means you're oh. one of the people that held the flyers up and tossed them mm-hmm. and caught them in the worst places and got hit in the nose all the time. Oh, oh, it's great. Did you ever? Did you ever? And I air quote accidentally drop someone. <laughs> no, I, I, I went above and beyond because some I would catch them and make sure my flyer never hit the mat, even if that meant they landed on me. A championship. Team. We, I, Keisha needs a belt, like a title belt. You, she does, with like a cheerleader pyramid on it or something. Have you? Because have you have you been the base in a pyramid? Yes, we so did dope. some dope pyramid. Oh god, I gotta show you the DVDs. Yes, you do. Wait, you have DVDs? <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I used to, but now I, I mailed some stuff through the post office, and it's been sitting in limbo since July 30th, so I don't know if I have them anymore. <laughs> Go America, we're doing it. I like how Chris is always amazed with everybody's past. That's my favorite thing about you, is you're generally excited about people's pasts. I absolutely so- am. It's so cool to learn things about people from before I knew them. Like, oh, I had no idea about that. Tell me more. Like, did he have a car? <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. I was going to say tell me more one more time, but I was like, that's telegraphing the joke. Um, so I just went right into it. 
Speaking of jokes, I've been nominated for uh, 10 comedy awards and won zero. Yeah, wait, no. (laughs) 10 stand-up comedy awards. Good for trying, though. A for effort. I've I've won nothing. I, I I was a pog champion in Stockton in like 96. See, you won something. It's true. You know what my you know what my prize was? More pogs. pogs. More <laughs> pogs. They were like, here's our pog section. Take all of anything you want. I was like, oh my god, slammers. Give me them killer instinct slammers. Oh my god, oh, taking me back. Mm, pogs. Good stuff. I'm sorry, Matt. You were talking yeah. about something. Yeah, you were saying something. Regarding wrestling. Who cares? Yeah, we're do- let's close out the trilogy of Vader on uh Boy Meets World. And it's in season four in the episode. 16 candles and 400 pound men. This is before you go on. Yeah. The episode titles on this show are terrible, which you're, you're going to find out the next one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I'm bringing to the table, like the, the episode titles are so weird on this show. Um, I will say girl meets world sort of rectified it where it was like every episode title was like blank meets world or girl meets blank. Girl meets blank. Yeah. So it, it like, it was like, okay, I like the rhythm you're going to here. But uh, what was the one? F- new friends and old. Yeah. Why? Why? Go well, away. It's a Girl the Scout thrilla, song. The Thrilla in Phila. It's that's Phila's not a play. In defense of new friends and old, that's a that's part of a Girl Scout song. Thank you very much. Was the episode about Corey and Sean joining the Girl Scouts? I don't think so. That was cool. maybe they, the writer they, was a Girl Scout. They became the new Harley. Let's listen. I we've made great strides in the last twenty years, but I seriously doubt there were Girl Meets World episodes written or Boy Meets World episodes written by a woman because Hollywood. <laughs> Actually, I'd like to. That, I'd like but... to believe. I'd like to believe. Can can we t- really just talk about this Sweet Sixteen episode, guys? I have been yes. waiting. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Waiting. Yes. Go for it. Oh boy, this is the one. I, this is one of the most memorable Boy Meets World episodes to me. Uh, it is Topanga's sweet 16 birthday party, guys. Mm-hmm. She's turning 16, which for some reason is a thing that people care about a lot. Uh, it's true. 16. You could drive a car. Cool. Keisha, did you have a, did you have a sweet 16? Um, I didn't really celebrate birthdays after four. Like I didn't have birthday parties or anything. Maybe a card. I, I I was born on Christmas, so like it was like, what are you <laughs> gonna do? Chris, how do you have it the worst? <laughs> yeah. Like we, yeah, I think <laughs> wait, when you're so close, but like when you're so close to the holidays, no one gives a crap about your birthday. That's you right. I mean? Uh my we'll say my thank thankfully, uh my my mom did a very good job and my dad did a very good job of uh being like, This is your birthday present, this is your Christmas present, or we got you one thing, but it's a Nintendo, like what? that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, um, I remember the year I got Nintendo. Oof. Side Ooh. note, Chris, I would just like yes. to point out I'm going through the writers' credits right now, and there have been at least six female writers on this show. On Boy Meets World, yes. Good for How them. many male writers have there been? Uh, forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood, baby. <laughs> But 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 at at least they had six. God, I wish there had been more. I'm glad that is. Oh wait, no, I'm seeing more. One, two, three, four. I think there might be ten. Like I know that's still terrible, really? but like there are quite a few female writers. Good on Good. this show. 
honestly, given how given how uh major the the female cast was to the plot, like especially as the show went on and Topanga, Angela, and then Rachel became uh as main characters as anybody else on the show, very good. They definitely needed to have women in their right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Topanga was having a sweet 16 party. She was? Yeah! In Manila? In Manila. Uh, At the same time, though, Frankie was needing help reconnecting with his father, Vader. Uh, So Sean and Corey were helping Frankie give his father WrestleBoy tips in the ring. Uh, Because of this, Frankie needed Sean and Corey. I don't know why Sean was involved, because Sean did nothing. (laughs) Because Sean's just always there. Sean's just there. Uh. Frankie invited them to come to the live wrestling boy match uh, where Vader will be taking on Jake the Snake Roberts and it had brother love on commentary for some reason. But it was the same night as Topanga Sweet 16 birthday party. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's real, real Fred Flintstone situation, the which they talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the arena was only three tenths of a mile away from. Uh, Topanga Sweet 16 birthday they can do both and they do it and then Topanga finds out and she doesn't get her special dance on Sweet 16 birthday night with Corey and she's very upset but Corey was helping a friend even though it was really like come on like you don't need to go to WrestleBoy show night when your 16 year old girlfriend's having to dance it is. It, this was the episode where Topanga was like, listen, I don't really care about stuff like this, but I need this dance. Yeah, I yep. need this special birthday dance or my life will be over. Because she Corey. explains she explains it like her parents met in high school. Her parents had a dance on their sweet 16th birthday and they had a great life together and stayed married forever. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, That's a few. Boy. Um, <laughs> So should I should I carry on? Let me just read the lyrics to the terrible Sweet Sixteen song that Topanga uh, demanded to dance to. It's oh, very boy. Bobby Darren esque, mm-hmm. but like Radio Shack Bobby Darren, if that makes sense. Came uh, out Bobby Darren. <laughs> it's it's Happy Birthday. Now you're Sweet Sixteen. You're my angel. You're my teenage queen. That's it. This is like uh this this is a very much young girl get out of my mind kind of song. <laughs> yes, it's where so an adult, gross. Where, where an adult is clearly clearly singing about being into a teenager and it's weird. As an adult like watching it. this episode, I'm like, I feel gross about this. I don't want a teenage queen. What are you talking about? No, go back to Wrestle Boys. <laughs> Keisha thoughts. Uh, yeah, Keisha. <laughs> Um, see, I'm not surprised by the creepiness of grown men because it's unfortunately rampant and a Are you sure? thing that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Here is my comment. No Ugh. comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> that is happy that's... birthday. <laughs> now you sweet uh, sixteen. I mean, so, I, okay. I mean, I could go on a tangent about how grown men idolizing young, barely legal women is such a terrible, awful thing that we've normalized and they should be shamed for it and aren't enough. But yeah, terrible. I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up perfectly. It's very weird. Um, I don't know. who. Again, I don't know who sang this song. It's Radio Shack Bobby Darren. It could have been a teenager for all I know. 
but it's no. It's, okay, yeah. See, it is a that was an is, adult male voice singing, or at least okay. like mid twenties. It wasn't writer strong. No. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway, it's it's very weird. Also, that's a badly written song. That is just a, <laughs> those are those are terrible lyrics. And there's I, like, there's lyrics. I that, dismiss like, it outright. There's parts where like people are talking and I can't I couldn't make out the lyrics and I got really mad. I'm like, that was the kickoff to the song. It was terrible. I wonder where the lyrics go from here. <laughs> uh, so jumping ahead now, uh, we're going all the way to season seven, cool. uh, at which time I do not believe Vader was under contract with WWE any longer because a new enter wrestler has entered the foray. Uh, this is the uh, season seven episode two. It's t- uh, again. Remember how I said uh, wrestling or uh, Boy Meets World has terrible episode titles? This is called For Love and Apartments. Oh. Uh, in it, we're going to talk about the B-plot first. Uh, the B-plot is uh, Topanga, Angela, and Rachel want to live in the apartment that was introduced together. Uh, J- however, Jack and Eric don't want to take over the dorm room that Topanga and Angela were living in because... One of their main uh, beefs is that there is a Backstreet Boys poster on the wall and they can't agree over who the cute one is. Uh, Eric and Jack have a disagreement over which one was cute. Uh, Eric, of course, picks Howie because he Very has a cute. hat. The correct answer. Okay. And uh, Jack picks Nick. No, it's not Nick. It's Howie. Oh, oh I know. Uh, so they try to move back in the apartment. There's, there's a big disagreement. And Topanga says, I know how to settle this. Steel cage match. Winner take all. No holds barred. Once again, no holds barred. Steel cage match. Winner gets the apartment. Jack says, that doesn't make sense. That's not fair. We don't even have a referee. Who would referee this match? Someone literally kicks the door off its hinges, (laughs) and it's none other than a very tired Mick Foley in his mankind costume. (laughs) <laughs> he just walks in the door and he kicks in the door walks in and says where am i that's the joke uh so he he agrees to referee the match eric calls him he says thank you for doing this governor i'm assuming he's talking about jesse the body ventura <laughs> maybe or he thinks this is the point where they, eric has lost his mind and they have yeah and this is him on, yeah oh. yeah he this has some kind Eric of decline. unspoken like brain injury and never yeah, it was yeah, never addressed. Um, so he agrees to referee the match. Before refereeing the match, he has to show he has to say what is not allowed in this no holds barred, no disqualification steel cage match. There are rules, okay? Uh, for girls, there is no hitting above the belt, which Jack and Eric take severe offense to. <laughs> Uh, they they are not fans of it. However, Mick also says shows them the moves they cannot do by kneeing Eric in the stomach uh, and body slamming him. Of uh, course. He, he, onto Eric. the couch and then Eric rolls onto the floor. And <laughs> uh, it, it just gets the crap beat out of him. Uh, so the match starts. The girls beat up on Jack because Eric is still knocked out by mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally... Uh, Eric gets back up and says, hey, they're cheating. And uh, Mankind says, they're not cheating. This is cheating. And he throws Eric through the banister on the staircase. <laughs> what a weird time for that show. It's so weird. They can, The girls can, this And this is not. Po- I have to listen. None of this is posited as a dream scenario. This is not a this is not a dream sequence. This is not a fantasy. This is just part of the day. Part of the day is, oh, 
we're gonna we're gonna steel cage wrestle you. There's no steel cage, by the way. There is no like their cage walls don't come down. It's just it's we're gonna living room wrestle you, and then man WWE superstar mankind comes in. Uh, ultimately, uh, Eric gets beat up some more, and he taps out when Topanga puts him in a submission move. Uh, Which mankind one? calls the match. I'm trying to remember. I think it was maybe was it an ankle lock? It was either I think it was an ankle lock or a Boston crab. It was something like that. And Eric, and Eric's just he's just and he's tapping out with both of his hands at one time. He's not like he's just like tap 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 tap, uh, saying I give up I give up. Um, so the girls get to keep the apartment. Uh, what's weird about this whole sequence is that it exists. Know, oh. Well, yes, that that it, that it happened is one thing. You guys know Mick Foley. Mick Foley is a very charismatic, over the top type of character. The mankind character was so over the top and ridiculous. He is burnt. He has to be exhausted here because he doesn't really, there's no real inflection in his tone. There's no excitement. There's no, there's nothing. It's just, it just sounds like uh, uh, Michael Foley has had a rough day at the office and now he's got to do this. Hey, have a nice day guys. Yeah. It's like, he's like, where am I? Okay, don't do this. Don't do this. Okay, you win. Uh, I will say he maybe he was just to... nervous. Why? Maybe he's, he's a, a boy meets world stan, and he was nervous to meet the cast. That I could actually be into. That would make me very happy. I will, so well, that actually kind of plays into what I'm about to say. Uh, he has one more scene in the episode uh, over the end credits where he's back in the dorm room with Eric and Jack, helping them pick out what Hello Kitty wallpaper to put up in the dorm room. Uh, and, and he, and he's like, I don't like that Backstreet Boys poster. The cute one is staring at me and I don't like when people stare at me. And he starts walking up to the poster like he's going to fight it. But Eric and Jack are there and Eric and me looks at the floor and, uh, <laughs> Jack says, I can't look away. He has leather straps on his face. And Foley says, how would you like to meet my friend? Mr. Socko and he pulls Socko out and gives Jack Mr. Socko uh, and then he looks at Eric and he tells Eric would you like to go through the wall or up in the air and Eric says up in the air please and he just picks him up and tosses him up and that's where the show freeze frames to end uh, this this again is the B plot of the episode because the A plot is incredibly dark uh, the reason Topanga and Angela are moving into the apartment and fighting with Eric and uh, 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 Jack, my apologies, is because Topanga's parents have gotten a divorce and thus Topanga no longer believes in love. So she's broken up with Corey, which and then Angela broke up with Sean at the same time. Because uh, if so they then... can't make it work, then sh <laughs> then she yeah. can't make it work with Sean. I'll, I'll, and I'll say this. Don't put all of your trust in Corey and Topanga's relationship. <laughs> that is not the way to build your life. Um, but so that so Corey decides the only thing he could possibly do is leave Phila and go to Pittsburgh with Sean to reunite Topanga's parents. And he coerces them to be in a room together where he learns that they broke up because the dad was cheating on her. Yep. With a woman named Maria, who he is now building a life with. And it's just like everything about this is Corey is so insecure and so self-centered. He's like, no, you have to get back together so I can be with my girlfriend again. And I'm like, bro, this is 
adult real life go away and then that and then that too makes Cora give up on the idea of love because he's like well he, she's right if they can't make it work if he can cheat on her anything's possible and love isn't real and that's the end of the super downer episode that also included a mankind match my question about this whole storyline is haven't they seen the divorce rates in America already like aren't most of their f- friends parents yeah. divorced uh, let's be let's be completely honest here. They do not have friends that are not the four of them. I don't like, know. Stuart. Don't well, because Sean's parents are divorced. Oh, then yeah. yeah. Remember uh, Keisha? Remember early on when Topanga's best friend was Brittany Murphy? Yes. <laughs> like and how that she just disappeared one day. She was like Topanga's super weird friend, and she mm-hmm. was dope. And Corey took her on a date to just try to get closer to Topanga. Yes. There are a lot of things that happened in the, the season that were dropped off. Her sister, Nebula. That's right. Think- she had a sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Her sister was hot. I remember that. Yeah. She and they, they were though. They were, the question was, how are they related? That's. Oh, because at that time, Topanga was still a super weird, like super curly headed kid who like talked about the moon and the sun and whatnot. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. She was dope. They were wrong. She was awesome. Um, so yeah, Boy Meets World is a very weird show. Uh, Corey Matthews is a terrible character. Uh, I think <laughs> Topanga, Sean, and Angela should just move to a new city together and, uh, like start a, like a business, like a coffee shop, like a bakery. Like they actually ended up doing on Girl Meets World. <laughs> it's so weird to me that she gave up Yale, her dream school to be for, with Corey. For, for Corey Matthews, for Ben Savage, man. Because she could have easily gone to Yale and he could have followed her. Because what was he doing? Well, and then ultimately, what did they do? They just moved to New York a couple of years later anyway, because she got a job offer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she got pregnant. I think at the same time, the timelines are very weird. Yeah. uh, If you have not watched Girl Meets World or looked into that show, they definitely fudged the timeline. I think technically she would have had to have been pregnant when they left Philadelphia. (laughs) But like yeah. we don't talk we, yeah, we don't. we're not gonna okay oh, we're not gonna get into it's a good show it's yeah. a good show it was a weird show that like it's the only time i think that disney channel will ever get remotely close to a polyamory storyline so that's all the wrestlers that were on boy meets world uh god we wish there were more uh i and again boy meets vader would be a fantastic spinoff uh but that's not all we have today of course keisha i'm sad to say you were not here for this interview Uh, But I hope you'll enjoy it as much as we do. We talk to Sunny Kiss, the concrete rose from AEW. I love Sunny Kiss. Let's give it a listen. (laughs) See, mate, you didn't didn't elicit any sort of response from Keisha. (laughs) You guys suck. (laughs) Hey, guys, uh, we talked to Sunny Sunny Kiss, AEW. Oh, boy, you're going to like it. Let's listen in. Let her rip. Let's go to the tape. (laughs) All right, Keisha, it's your turn to do an intro for this segment. (laughs) I wasn't here. Well, so, yeah, what what a great segue. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, it's not easy. You know what? I will do this right now. Fine. All right. Okay, well, obviously... Quite a few wrestlers. Okay, only two wrestlers appeared in Boy Meets World, but that's not the only wrestling we have today because we are going to be joined by the one, the only Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. 
All right, let's okay. listen. <laughs> Chris looks visually upset. Hey, everybody, we have a very special guest this week on Wrestle Buddies. I and I know Chris is very, very excited uh, for the Concrete Rose from AEW, Sunny Kiss. Sunny, welcome to Wrestle Buddies. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. You're actually like a wrestler that we have, Chris and I have talked about that we have wanted on the show for, for quite a, uh, a long time. So we're really glad that we could all make this happen. Well, what took so long? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, no, but we do, we have, we have our wish list and you've, you've been on that list since pretty much the jump because I, I have to say we're one year into dynamite. You've had a really great and really interesting year. It's been a progressive year. It's been amazing, yes, in a lot of different ways. And it's been great to, and it's actually, like, most people would probably be like, eh, like, I'm actually happy the world to see my growth on national television, which is really cool. Because you can definitely see night and day from just being the timid 25-year-old that I was to now this, <laughs> you know, getting there, this kind of like, you know, scratching the surface of, you know, amazing <laughs> at 26. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's really, really cool to, um, yeah, let the world see like my growth on national television. It's really awesome. And if you, if you think about that, like, you know, before you signed with AEW, before Dynamite, um, you had notoriety within the independent wrestling arena, but now you are kind of on this mainstream stage. And how has your life changed for you now that you're part of this national weekly television series? Well, I got a taste of it when I was with Lucha Underground. So that was mm -hmm. really, really cool. And the, the cool part is that I get to see a lot of those familiar faces and I, they're my, now my colleagues there. So it's really, really cool. Um, and just that what's really changed for me is just learning a lot more and just, you know, seeing there's like, there's a complete difference with training with the trainers from the Indies and stuff like that to now, like you have to, you almost like, like feel like you're starting over because it's like a production now. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, now you're working cameras, you're, you know, you have to work on different types of character development. They're a little more hands-on because it's a television product. So it's amazing. Um, when I was on the Indies in the last year, I was like so kind of just over it. Like I was so tired, I was exhausted. Um, you know, the driving the hours and hours and not getting paid as much. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to be able to live out your dreams and literally pay your bills with your dream job. It's the coolest thing in the world. Well, I mean, it's, it's gotta be, you know, financially great for you, but I mean, just the idea of there's stability within AEW with being on a weekly show with, you know, having that place you can go to every single week. Yes, definitely stability. And definitely you feel like, someone cares you know someone mm. someone cares about it. and it's like not even just someone but a group of people and to have people that i've watched and looked up to like my heroes and people like that just in in the company take me under their wing and just you know support me and um just help me out it just feels really really good and just genuinely literally care about you and they want to push you and you know to do your best it's you know it's the best thing ever like you can't ask for anything better than that and like Tony Khan isn't like the best boss in the world. Like I can go on and on about how amazing he is, but it's, it, that'll <laughs> take all day. He is literally the coolest boss ever. He's so amazing. 
Well, we're li- now obviously we're celebrating the one year anniversary of AEW this week. I'm wondering, or the one year anniversary of Dynamite this week. Uh, sort of looking back on the first year of this show, like what what are, what are your proudest achievements that you've been able to do this past year? There's a couple. I definitely. Um, well, it wasn't Dynamite. My two favorite matches. Um, well, my favorite match that I've had so far is obviously one with Cody, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, the doing that with cheerleaders too and table doing the fact that I've fallen both years was like the coolest thing in the world to me because I've always wanted to be a professional dancer and you know cheerleader or whatever. So that was really, really cool to like have that whole thing and then still get to obviously wrestle and so I got to intertwine two of my favorite worlds. And dancing is definitely one of my passions and wrestling is just my ultimate passion. So mm-hmm. it was really, really cool to intertwine that and that and then a the segment with Billy Gunn. Mm. Uh, we did the little twerk off in the Battle mm. Royal. That was like my <laughs> debut, which was really, really cool. I had on the really awesome iridescent outfit uh, designed by independent wrestler Jamie Senegal. It was really, really cool. And um, having that moment with Billy Gunn was just so surreal. <laughs> it's like, <'cause> he's <laughs> like, Mr. he's Mr. Ass. And, you know, I'm like, you know, a little... That I can only imagine being someone who grew up watching Billy Gunn do his thing and now you're standing across the ring from him having a twerk off, which definitely like as ridiculous as it might sound, it seems like something Billy Gunn would do. Oh, yeah. Like it just makes sense. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the match with Cody and uh, like I feel like this was uh, thus far the, the biggest spotlight uh you've been given as a character i'm wondering what for you what went through your mind when you were approached and told like hey by the way you're gonna you're facing cody for the tnt championship uh i had like 10 panic attacks that week yeah (laughs) um i could not sleep oh oh it was bad um then then i was doing all the interviews and they were making it worse because i was (laughs) (laughs) you know it was great to have all the press but at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, they keep asking me the same question, and I'm getting more and more nervous. And it was more of, like, a mental challenge for me because I had to mentally prepare. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, the biggest thing. It was more mentally preparing than phys- physical. Um, just knowing that this was a huge moment for me, knowing that I had to do what I had to do for the community. And I was a representation out there. I was in a big title match. I had gone from doing darks to doing that. So that was a huge moment for me. And I knew I had to, like, knock it out of the park. Um, I love the match. I definitely still wish I did some things a little bit differently in the match, but you know, um, it's it's a pro- like I said with the pro- uh, progressing on national television, um, people are going to continue to see my growth. I'm 26 right now. Um, I'm not going to reach my ceiling now. And if you reach your ceiling at 26, then guess what? There's nowhere else to go. <laughs> so true. imagine where I'm going to be when I'm Cody's age and Dustin's age eventually. So it's you know, it's yeah, like I'm. I had my little faults, but, you know, I'll continue to keep growing. And Dustin's my trainer, my mentor. Him and Billy Gunn have been mentoring me for, you know, quite quite some time. So having them two in my corner and supporting me and helping me out is, it's the coolest thing in the world. Two of, like, the most amazing people, not just wrestlers, but people in the world. Absolutely amazing. So what do you like, um about the way that AEW presents itself uh, as a show. Cause I mean, you have worked within television with Lucha underground, which was, I, I always call it much more like telenovela uh, than a wrestling show. Um, I went, I went, I went to a couple of Lucha underground tapings. I would agree. It was such, it was a 100% just different type of product. 
I'm not trying really to I'm not way. trying to diss on Lucha Underground. Oh, no. That's what it's, I it was, love it about was, it. It was awesome because it was so different, and I think yeah. that's. Sort of I love Lucha Underground, and it was um it was an amazing experience for me because I, at that time too I wasn't I don't even think I was ready for that. Uh, I kind of got thrusted into that, and I was just like, oh man. Uh, but I guess you you never know when you're technically going to be ready for it. You kind of just have to go in for it and do it. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is very very different. Um. Also, I joined it at the at the fourth season, season mm-hmm. four. Um, so I guess I can't really like say as much as Brian would or Thunder Rosa or anyone of the, you know, Ivalice, mm-hmm. uh, who's also in the company now, Lucha Brothers, they probably have a better story than I do. So, um, or they better, a better way to describe the show. So I guess I can't, it's unfair for me to really like say, Hey, like this is, you know, this is like, Lucha Underground's like this, you know, yeah, as a person yeah. who works in the company. So I don't, I definitely don't want to say you know anything negative as far as that but i will say they definitely gave me an opportunity that i'm extremely grateful for um because without them i probably wouldn't have gotten to aw you know the recognition from that show um from that professional wrestling company it it helped me get me to where i am so i would never you know diss them in any kind of way it just sucks how everything ended yeah it's very unfortunate And how do you, how do you, what do you like about how AEW represents itself as a company? Um, very inclusive. Um, and not just like, as far as what you see on camera, like the representation, like, you know, um, with all the workers, but like the, the camaraderie backstage, I think that's the most important thing. And it's, it's an amazing environment. Um, everyone feels very comfortable and we're all very much like a family, and um, that's like the biggest thing for me. That's like the ultimate, like being able to come to work and love the people that you're around and also mm-hmm. just love, you know, everyone for their work and building chemistry with them to eventually be, get uh, the matches get better and better. And it's like, it's a really awesome environment. Really, really cool dynamic. Um, but I think it just, just for, for a workplace in general, I think that's what a person would want. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, that kind of environment for sure. And very positive speaking about inclusivity looking at the diversity of the AEW roster uh, and seeing that as that you are a high profile gay man on weekly television do you feel there's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders uh as a role model as professional wrestling in the past has treated homosexuality almost as like a punchline oh yeah um as by default even just like it definitely wasn't my intention when I first got in the business, but I knew like by default that that was going to be like the inevitable. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that became, and then also I'm not just a gay man. I'm I'm a gender fluid man. Mm -hmm. So um, when I came, I guess gender fluid person would make better sense. Yeah. (laughs) As a gender fluid person. So um, when I started to, you know, embrace that more, a lot of my fans would message me like, Hey, like, like, because of you, I feel more comfortable, you know, embracing my gender identity and things like that. And that's the, that's the best part, just knowing that, you know, I am a representation and I am making people feel more comfortable and I am get, um, creating that um, dialogue in people's homes and, you know, opening that conversation. And I feel like that's also very, very important, too, because in order for things to change, there has to be some sort of, like, you know, like impact it. there has to be a conversation to start it so i feel like it's great that nyla and i are both in that conversation um are helping to start that conversation like i said create a dialogue and you know it open us uh, like a talk in people's homes and stuff like that and it's really 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 cool and i'm like we i know our responsibility was definitely going to be ine- inevitable 
but I didn't necessarily come into wrestling with that mentality, but I'm glad that that's what it's become and that's what people make me, you know, realize. Because I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm just me. But really it's like, no, like you're a public figure. You're a part of the, the community and there's people that depend on you guys, you know, for, for that representation. So it's very, very important and I'm glad that we're doing it. I was gonna say you you are you are just you, but to so many people, you being just you is an inspiration because they don't get to see somebody like them on television. They don't get to see gender fluidity. They don't get to see a, a gay wrestler that's not treated as a joke. So I'd say that's like the most important thing that you're doing right now is just being you. Authenticity to yeah the the authenticity of just actually being these people and not just them being characters. And even like you know Dustin, he's one of my role models. He's amazing. He's you know fantastic and one of the best workers ever. Like, mm -hmm. uh, but his character was simply just the character. And a lot of times people try to say, hey, you're like the new Goldust or you're like the new like Adrian Street or Adrian, Adrian Nas, like whoever. So, but the thing is, it's just people don't realize that that's not exactly who we're trying to be like because right. they were playing off what they thought what this is, you know, mm -hmm. um, those yeah. kind of, um, like those kind of gimmicks, whatever. They thought that those were kind of, that's what we were trying to be, you know, and it's not what we were trying to be. We were we're trying to be ourselves. We're trying to be authentic and we're trying to portray that people are actually like us. And a lot of times that sucks because um, those gimmicks in a way, I don't say they ruined, not ruined it, but how do I explain this? So those gimmicks in a way um, set a standard for what quote unquote LGBT workers are like. Mm -hmm. And it's actually kind of a false narrative. It's, you know, it's false because it's not exactly true. You know, it's not honest. Mm -hmm. Well, and now, and, and now you're getting the chance to like, sort of helps like start that conversation, which I feel is uh, one that has been long overdue, especially in pro wrestling. It's, it's, this is, I feel like this is something that would have been great if it could have happened like a decade or two ago, but the fact that it's happening now and that you're getting to have this platform on through AEW to sort of engage the audience in that way is, it feels like one of the most important things the company has going. Yes. So also, if you look at, because um, a lot of times two people, like, especially when I first started, um, they were like, oh, why aren't, why aren't you wearing, like, robes and wigs and things like that? <laughs> and I was like, is this what you people think that gay people like or LGBT people, all LGBT people do? And I'm like, no, we don't all do that. And it's like, like we're all very much like you know different like there's anthony bowens anthony bowens just debuted on AEW dark he's you know i guess quote unquote masculine and then there's me there's there's jamie senegal there's para there's there's so many people there's ashton star there's so many different people that are different personalities and different there's Tilly mcmurphy there's a lot of people we're all very different mm -hmm. so yeah it's not <laughs> it's not just like what gold does what you saw with gold us or anybody else right. in that era so yeah it's just people and people are different and they just are who they are yeah it's, it's i can't even explain it any better than that i think i over explained it is what i did <laughs> well considering that we've all been uh locked down <laughs> within the pandemic um the most important thing we're all doing is playing video games right now Sunny, absolutely what is the, your video game of choice right now? Okay, so I'm such a dork and a weirdo. Don't make fun of me. Um, I'm very sporadic, and I play, like, a, a lot of different types of video games, like, on different consoles. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I'll go from like Skyrim one day and then I'm playing like Dark Rift one day and then I'm playing, <laughs> I'm a total dork, like don't mind me. Um, I was just um, talking about Time Splitters with a friend of mine. Um, that's a long ago, I kind of want to play that again. Um, there's also, uh, I like a lot of different, I play Sims 4 a lot, I play GTA 5 a lot. Uh, what else do I play? Dead by Daylight, every now and then, my friends. Uh, Friday 13th. I, I just want to say, there's nothing wrong with playing a ton of it. Like today, I've played Mario 35, I played uh, WWE Battlegrounds, I played Madden. Like, there's totally <laughs> nothing wrong with just like jumping around whatever your taste is at that moment, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, I'm, um, it's it's yeah like it's just you're expanding your mind you're expanding like your head it's, it's cool <laughs> i would also like to take a, i i also jump around i'm jumping back and forth between minecraft and mass effect right now because i decided <laughs> to play Ma i decided to play mass effect again uh but like you mentioned the friday the 13th game which i i feel is one of the most underrated games of yeah ever it's so much fun it is it is for me it is a perfect party game it is. Uh, actually, speaking of which, I play it with one of the private party members, uh, Mark Quinn, <laughs> every now and then. Perfect. It's it, it like what, uh, in that game. Do you prefer to be a, a, a camper or do you prefer to be Jason? I always prefer to be the camper. I know it's so funny too. I'm like such an actor with it. I'm such a like. I'm like if you see like some of my porkiness, like when I'm not like you know around wrestling and stuff, you'd be like, "What the heck? That is so crazy." Um. So in the microphone, I'm like screaming like, "Help, someone!" I'm just like, like how like hands on distress, and like I have everyone laughing on the mic. It's so funny. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah. I always perfect. love to be like one of the campers. I, you know, eventually get found last because I'm always hiding in like the best hiding places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't like go out to like try to kill anybody. I always hide in like some some house till until the end. It's funny. Oh yeah, I I too am not one of those people who's like, no, we have to get the weapons and then we have to attack Jace. I'm like, no, we don't. I have to hide in a closet. <laughs> yes, I'm hiding in the closet and then tell me when the car is ready. Yeah. When the car is ready or when the police arrive, that is when I'll make my move, and my move will be to run away. Heck yeah. I would totally watch a Twitch stream with you playing Friday the 13th, just going, help me, please. <laughs> I'm like, so like scary movie, damsel in distress type, like really, really like corny, like acting. I'm such a dork. Like, yeah. Perfect. Love it. What, what is your favorite, like cheesy horror movie? One of my favorites is uh, Nine of the Living Dead, 1968. It's like yes. one of my favorites, like ever. And I feel like that movie is so, like watching it today, like, I mean, like when I was a kid, it was like really, really scary. <laughs> but like now that I'm older, it's like, oh my God, like the crashing of the car into the tree and like the dramatic running. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> I love it though. Uh, well, Sonny, thank you so much for coming on the show. And as always, you can check out AEW Dynamite on Wednesday evenings on TNT. Thank you, guys. I'm so sorry about my audio and stuff. There's so much going on today. I'm no, it's fine. That is, it's a okay. Yeah, perfectly fine. But thank you so much for talking to us. And uh, thank you, guys. Getting us checked off your or are you getting checked off our list? Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh boy, that was a great interview. Thanks all three of us for introing that. Also, hey, uh, thank you to Sunny Kiss for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, All Elite Wrestling, which is on Wednesday nights. You can see Sunny Kiss on there, tag teaming with Joey Janela. There we go. Oh, hey, uh, by the way, listener, did you enjoy that interview? Yeah. Of course you, you're not the listener, Matt. I mean, I listened to you say it. I'm he talking. is technically a listener because he listened during the interview, too. Yeah, I'm talking thanks, to the people. I'm talking to Russell Buddy Nation. Did you, the listener, enjoy that interview? Can I join Russell Buddy Nation? Am I technically so, a listener or <laughs> what what's my cat? What am I categorically? Because I wasn't part of this interview. So go rate us and review us on the Apple Podcast app. Oh, I'm losing my mind. You're losing my mind, Matt. Oh, you're so upset. Um, hey, Chris, do we have any questions for us this week? Real important <laughs> ones, possibly. Go on that mailbag. Find us one, please. Is this your intro for the mailbag? Really? Yeah, I did it. A plus. God. Chris I is found so myself. done with us right now. <laughs> Chris, are you okay? <laughs> this is a fun show. Is it? <laughs> It's a fun show. Do I look like okay, I'm Chris. Fun. Time to time to do a typical wrestling podcast. Welcome to the typical wrestling podcast. We hate wrestling. It sucks. Uh, I watched wrestling this week and I hate it. Here's ten reasons why. Number one, WWE. More like WWP. What's the P stand for? PU, because it smells. Number two, AEW. More like smelly AEW, because it smells. Number three, ROH stands for Roo. I tried to I tried to hit up Randy Orton on Twitter to tell him he sucks and he didn't say anything back to me. That's my list. I'm stupid. That was our podcast within the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Sounds like you enjoy wrestling, Matt. That's that podcast is called I Don't Enjoy Wrestling. <laughs> Oh, before we get going today, <laughs> let's dip into the... <laughs> I love all three of us on the show. What a great transition, Chris. <laughs> Matt, just lead, lead us into the mailbag. I'm sorry. Chris, can you can you do me a favor? Uh-huh. Open up the old mailbag mm-hmm. and see if there's any questions for us to answer. No, let me look. Let, let me... Oh. You're still looking? You found it? Found one. Good. Found one. 
It's from your boy, uh, Dell9000 on Twitter. D9000! That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Uh, Dell9000 asks, if you could go back in time and book the WWF, WCW, ECW invasion, what would you have done differently? And we're going to start with Keisha. Bam! Wow, I don't even get time to think about this. No, no, we do. Fine, okay, I would change all of it. How? What would you do? What would you? (laughs) I would just do all of it. What? What? What specifically (laughs) would you do differently? Okay, first of all, the ECW part felt like an afterthought because it was really WWE versus WCW, Mm -hmm. and ECW was over in the corner doing their little thing. It was very weird. It did feel like they were like. They're like, this isn't working. What do we do? I don't know. Put Rob Van Dam in there. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if you just had like, uh, I'm going with Booker T because he's on my mind right now. But like, if mm-hmm. like Booker T, like a, a, a regular Raw match is going on, then all of a sudden Booker T comes in and he starts throwing hands and whatnot. And then all of a sudden out of the top rope, out of nowhere comes Rob Van Dam. Five star, uh, what am I saying? Five star frog splash. Um, that's his move, that's, right? That's his move. That's not Eddie. Okay. <laughs> you were si- Keisha, you were saying that because it's correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, that's Eddie's move, but it's not called that. No, Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, 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 Eddie's was just a frog just, splash. It was like yeah. no stars. The invasions, we're going to have to go deep into the invasion one day because it's so weird bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the, the teams didn't, well, to cert- at, for most of it, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin was the leader of the WCW invasion? Yeah. And you think WCW, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Absolutely. <laughs> but it would have made more it would have made more sense if Stone Cold actually went to ECW, led that team because that's where he started and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, uh, you know, that would have been a great way to incorporate ECW more." Now I'm thinking. Uh, about yeah, it. 100%. Yeah. Um yeah, I I agree with you. A yeah, that if you're going to involve ECW, you should have done it right at the jump. It should have been from the beginning and not even necessarily as joining WCW. Like, I think they should have gone a one versus one versus one ECW versus WCW versus WWE. To make that happen, though, it's going to cost WWE some money because I feel for my money, uh, one of the biggest mistakes they made is that WWE didn't bother bother paying for any of the actual name WCW talents outside of like Booker T was the one. And Booker Mm -hmm. T, in theory, is someone you could build that group around, but you need other recognizable people to put him with. So he has people to play off of that are at his level. Like Booker T was WC. He was the WCW champion, sucker. He said he let us know time and again. But when the rest of WCW is Lance Storm, uh, Buff Bagwell, uh, Chronic for a match and DDP stalking The Undertaker, I'm like, Booker D is the champion of like garbage. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not to interrupt you again, but now you're bringing Please me, do. you're getting my wheels running because so many people defected from WCW to WWE. Wouldn't it have been cool if we saw more of those defections? Like, I want to go back to where I started my home roots, and because you could have had a Chris Jericho moving over yeah. to. WCW a Ray Mysterio. Can you and that would that would have made the WCW team uh, I, I way will note, Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio was not in WWE at that time. He was one of those with a contract and sat home. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But yeah. Out. But 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 Chris Jericho is a perfect example of someone that like, especially given that WCW's cast is the heels of the situation and Chris Jericho being maybe one of the best heels ever. Like if you would have put him and Booker T on the same side, like that's money. That's money. Like why that, that not doing that instead you put Stone Cold Steve Austin, whose heel act was floundering when he made the jump. Like it was already in bad shape. And now you're going to do this and it's going to still not work. Like, yeah, was it that? Jer- they- Go ahead. No. Yeah. You're, yeah. Jer- I think Jericho is a really good call to, to swap sides. Here's here's how you book it. I've been I've been a little quiet during this. Um, you already have Raw and SmackDown as uh, they aren't separate separate brands at this time. Um, but considering that Shane, wait, they are they were they were not they no. were not okay. Yeah, I was gonna the, say they weren't yeah, the the first the first brand split happened after this when uh, Ric Flair and Vince McMahon were chosen as quote unquote owners of Raw and yeah, SmackDown, yeah. and then. So you yeah. have WCW wrestlers, um, not the biggest names. Uh, so we're just taking with what, what we have at this point. Um, you give Shane McMahon SmackDown, which was, I think, was it Friday nights back then? Or was it? I, it think, was it was still, still, I think it was Thursday at this point. Thursday at that point. Okay. That was UPN years. Yeah. Yeah. Open. So you give Shane McMahon the quote unquote B show to run his B show with his B wrestlers or whatever. Um, over the course of the next year leading up to Survivor Series, at pay-per-views, you were having run-ins where WCW wrestlers are beating the hell out of WWF wrestlers. You constantly are making WCW look stronger than WWF. Even though Raw is the superior show, WWF has a superior wrestlers. That's the mindset within WWE at that time. Right. Um, and then at Survivor Series, you have WCW beat them uh beat them in a whole bunch of different matches. WCW just sweeps the floor with them like NXT last year at Survivor Series. Now, at this point, ECW kind of comes into the mix where ECW is becoming a brand again, uh, and ECW feels torn between both WWF and WCW to the fact that those wrestlers are kind of going between Raw and SmackDown landing on those different shows mm-hmm. to which you would go to a second Survivor Series and WWF wins. I don't have a closer for this, like a, cl- a way to close this storyline. I would much rather I've, see it be two separate shows and have it take place over the course of two years that's with a, WCW but, but, looking stronger. And ultimately, I don't know that you need a closer. You could just have going forward. One is the WCW show. One is the um, WWE show. Well, and 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 the Shane McMahon thing, I'm actually very interested in because ultimately, like, didn't Shane, Shane McMahon, I believe, has gone on record saying that he looked at one point to relaunch WCW or ECW as a digital show. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be its own sort of creative entity until, you know, NBC universal got wind of it and was like, no, 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 we'll put it on sci-fi. The you know, a network, a network known for professional wrestling content. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I, I think that could have worked. I think it also could have worked in a way where if it had had independent oversight to where, obviously Vince isn't going to put out a product that he's not okay with, but it, it needs something. It needed something to help it feel different and not ultimately with the problem with the Alliance was they didn't feel like an independent group. They just felt mm-hmm. like another wrestling storyline. Yeah. And that's not fun. Keisha. Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, yeah, clearly we're going to have you on this show until the end of time because you are the, you are the third wrestle buddy. Uh, where 
can these people find you, Keisha Hatchett, national champion cheerleader? <laughs> Where can they find you on the internet? You thought I was going to forget about that. I'm never going to forget. <laughs> Where can they find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keisha Mays. That's K-E-I-S-H-A-M-A-Z-E. And that's it. Because Keisha is a maze of a human being. Or just Google me. Layers. You could Google her. You can Google mazes. You can do all kinds of stuff. Thank you. That was very (laughs) lovely, Chris. Oh, great. We did it, guys. I was going to leave it to you, Matt. Usually. Oh, let me leave you with some 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 very important parting words this week. Please bow your heads because happy birthday. Now you're sweet 16. You're my angel. You're my teenage queen. End of show. Uh. I don't I don't I I don't I don't like it. I don't I don't like it. When this boy meets world. Oh god. Boy meets world. world. Coming down the what? running down Wandering the down this world, world that, that we, we call, call life. Because what we're doing is get to know isn't it getting to know a lot of friends or getting a whole lot of friends? It's it's good to know I have friends that can Oh stand, stand by, by me. When this boy, when meets, boy world. meets world. Whatever it takes. I know no, I'm going to make it through. <laughs> if I hold out, I if know I, I can make it through. I know I can Be make it through. Be the best. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.